0: Say they're
1: like coast to coast,
0: but on demand, raw and
2: uncut interviews, and all without no ads. One says false, and one says true. And the Rachel grows too. America, America is here for you.
0: Stories from the listeners they sent to Graham,
2: he'll read the man. But Darren may say no. One says red and one says blue. But if it's balls, it just won't
0: do. Grand America, Grand America. Hey guys, welcome back to the America show. Uh, we're going to be chatting everything Bigfoot with Tom Powell and Justin a little bit later. But first, Graham, I eat pieces of carb like you for breakfast Dunlop. How's it going, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah, I almost got my voice back.
0: How are your 10 a.m. crispy deep fried wontons?
1: Uh, good. Yeah, yeah, fucking good, yeah. Actually, I had them for lunch today.
0: Did you? Yeah. Before three? Are you still I'm on not, that? Know, kinda, no, I'm
1: uh, slowly uh, going off that. Off carbs completely? Slowly. No, no, no. Going like, changing the time to like four and five. Oh, you're slowly giving up? No, I'm not giving up. Just into a new phase. What's the next phase? I think you've gained <laughs> weight. <laughs> I haven't gained weight. Are you lost sure? it. Yeah. I've lost.
0: I was 192 pounds today.
1: You were? Yeah. Wow. I might actually... But, the, tide, the tide might have but but might I have finally flipped. Well, I'm, well, I'm was less than my, you.
0: That was with my vest on and my steel toe boots. Oh, okay. The Why guys downtown like, are doing a weigh in Wednesdays. Really? Yeah. So I was at 190. It's all the guys in the Brookfield office do weigh in Wednesdays. Huh. So I jumped on there. I was 192, but that's with my vest, with my iPad in there, a oh bunch of God. drawings, my tape measure, my vest, and my steel toe boots. I'm, not, I'm actually about 175. Perfect weight for my tight But with a gut and low muscle mass. I'm
1: 192 in my birthday suit. There you go. Which is naked.
0: That's what I thought.
1: Anyways, enough about us. I hate talking about us like that. Especially you. So yeah, this episode with Tom isn't just about Bigfoot. It's about all things paranormal. It's about like scientific evidence versus intelligence gathering personal experiences, and basically switching from a, what he calls an Aper to Woo. A Aper, yeah. Which is like nuts and bolts to like the consciousness aspect of stuff.
0: I just like how there's like... I guess it's kind of like the same thing as ufology, how you have people fighting amongst themselves about something that I'm not even 100% <laughs> sure is there. And it's the same thing with Apers and Wooers, I guess. Like, yeah. These guys are arguing amongst themselves while well, 95% of the population... Doesn't think there's anything to argue about.
1: I know. It's sad. But we're changing part, that. Which part? We're part of the change. <laughs> it's changed that people haven't woken up yet to to the to the possibilities. Did
0: Mulder's fucking midlife crisis hit real close to home for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it hit close to home to couple of our listeners. Gidmore. Yeah.
0: I, was, I pictured you. As soon as he said it, I like pictured you.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, because Mulder's getting deep into the stuff. I like it. He's like a Talking like about a Charles Ford. And... <laughs> no way. I don't feel that way at all. No? No. That's good. Yeah. So I just wanted to say hi to all the new listeners as well and talk to them a little bit talk about what we do. There's
0: less listeners.
1: No, we're losing, losing listeners. No, we're not. <clears throat> I don't believe you. Anyways, we do always get new listeners, and I'm sure some drop off. <clears throat> but we do this little uh, intro before each interview, and we we have listeners. Uh, they send in emails and stories and stuff like that. I got some synchronicity to share this time, and it's just a fun way to involve people. And, and then we just we have lazy ramblings for a while, and then we get into the interview. So you can always fast forward to the interview, and uh, or stick around and enjoy the.
0: I think there's a timestamp the in the show notes. Yeah. But if you don't listen to the intro, fuck you.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's not nice. Well, if they don't listen to the intro, they won't hear it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do you want to? What do you want to start with, buddy?
2: Uh... Down and Graham, are going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words
0: to ponder and critique. critique. I'm the critiquer. <laughs> it's a
1: profound
2: UFO quote of the week.
1: All right, well, that's funny. I was going to suggest that we do that one right off the bat. Yeah, and I don't. I still haven't added the X Files. Well, X-Files. and this is actually a quote, and it's not a UFO quote because I wanted to switch it up for you. And this is kind of a more of a Sasquatchy episode. So this is a quote from the X Files you remember? Oh, you probably don't remember this because you fell asleep during the last episode.
0: I did fall asleep at like, uh, I fell asleep because I was supremely disappointed, but we'll get into that after your quote.
1: Okay. So Mulder, that's its ear or maybe it's its foot. Scully, Mulder, Mulder. And this one, if you squint, it looks like something. And then it's, and then this, it's in focus. Scully, well, what, what is it? Molder, it's a close-up of the creature. Notice I didn't say monster, and it wasn't a Sasquatch, but it was definitely an animal, man-sized and hairless. Scully, maybe it was a mangy Sasquatch.
3: <laughs>
0: so it was more of a reading than a quote. Yeah. Maybe they'll pick you up for the next episode. What'd you think? I was surprised I'd get more loved it.
1: I I liked it because he gets because yeah it was it was kind of a fun one. I mean, I'd rather have all mythology. Like, I don't understand why episodes.
0: I don't have time for that shit. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. But he goes deep and he talks about Charles Ford. he talks about all these mysteries and monsters.
0: Easy fucking episodes back in the day, right? There'd be one a season that they tried to be funny. Yeah, and they just don't do it well. They're not funny. It's not supposed to be a funny show. As soon as I figured out, like in the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be a good one, and then like. A quarter of the way through. And you know, the over acting funny, it's not, it's like when they try to do comedy, they become bad actors.
1: Yeah, but you got the- The acting
0: is sketchy at best already.
1: I'll tell you what made it for me is the sexy Scully. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. She's hotter now than she was back then. Still, she's like a six. No. Okay, I'll give her a seven. No,
0: come on. point five. She was in a Grand America shirt, of seven point (laughs) nine (laughs) two. So yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know. It probably did all right anyway. I mean, they're going to keep bringing shows back as long as people are watching, but I don't think that's a good way to keep people watching.
1: I just like how deep they're getting into the stuff that we talk about. Different people directing them all, but they're trying to get into like the real mysteries, right? Like it seems to me like they're trying to touch on truth as much as possible. Like for they've played two episodes
0: and then a fucking sad joke
1: how can you have made that assessment already because of all the stories they talk about during in there right like they throw all the they throw all the uh oh i don't want to get into it
0: i don't want to get into it okay (laughs)
1: let's see how
0: the next episode yeah let's see that and then I think it ends with the sequel to the first episode.
1: I'll tell you what pisses me off
0: about it. So I expected the whole fucking thing to follow the theme of the first episode. I know, and it should have. Now it's just jumping all I over know, the place. I know, I
1: know. That's disappointing for me too. What's more disappointing is my cable that I fucking pay for. Didn't record it. That's
0: why I don't have cable. Because it sucks. So I had to go buy it on iTunes anyways. Cable rules change right away, I think. This month or next month.
1: Yeah, so they have to joke. give you,
0: they have to start giving the consumer more choice over there. You're supposed to be able to start picking individual channels and stuff. Cause they always had it oh, set that, up, you know right?
1: What pick? I pick four. four. They always channels. had it
0: set up so that you had to, you know, to get the channels you want, you got to end up picking like six different packages. Right now they're doing away with the, it's like, it's They have to bundle it differently and give people, I mean, you'd think they would have to anyway with the fucking changing market. I know, but it just seems like cable still that thing. Like, the home phone, they figured it out. They're going fucking extinct fast. But Cable still like, has
1: so many people watching. Cable right? still
0: has so many people. And everyone, like, fucking people, that's just because people won't cut the cord. Even no, though they don't do use, use so? it. Or Are they addicted to news and
1: they're stuff, They're watching
0: you 60% of their stuff online. I don't know. Some people just, hey. like, I know people that there's, when they're actually watching something, other than sports, they're watching it either on Netflix or downloaded or streaming That's what I mean. I thought that was happening a
1: lot. Because it's the on-demand thing, right? You just can't but compete with is people watching are still it on the cable bill. people are having the
0: cable bill. Because they wrapped up in the, the internet. Because it's know. on all the time, too. Right? Like, most people, the TV's on. Period. From the time they're home till the time they go to bed, the TV's on in most households, I would say.
1: Is that a Canadian thing, though, where your internet and, and your cable are wrapped in together?
0: No, I don't have. I have internet only. You can get internet only through anyone.
1: What I'm saying is our cable providers also provide the internet, right? For, is that the same like oh. in the States and all that? Cause that's what they do. They bundle it all I'd up. I'd imagine it has to be, it. be
0: the same in the States because otherwise people would have had to go and put out all new infrastructure.
1: So two the out of the three who, X files people, have not worked on my digital cable.
0: People who already have the infrastructure in place are just, you know, how do you compete with that? They've already got the lines run. Yeah. How much would it cost to go yeah. run lines all over fucking Canada? Yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. Can I compete? It's like trying to compete with the Rockefellers.
1: Well, I'm they close. To cu- I'm close to cutting off my cable again because I don't Even watch the it. virus. Just, all I do is I go. I watch some of the uh, previous episodes that you can watch that are pre-recorded for you. Like you can go back and watch a season of, you no know, Banshee or whatever. So can I? I can do it legally. So can I. <laughs>
0: Anyway so Cut the cord buddy The more people that cut it Maybe they'll finally change Charge less Something
1: Yeah maybe But I doubt it Mm. So you got anything for me? Yeah man I got some synchros Some synchronicities (laughs) I'm
2: a rambling gram With synchronicities all over the web, and Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. So, I
1: got a double here from Brad. They were sent in at separate times, and I figured I should share them both because um, the second one is appropriate to the episode. Uh, actually, first of all, lots of asynchros started happening after we released. Did Michael you get the Jason one? Owls and uh, synchronicities, right? <laughs> yeah, we were getting something. Do we get any owl sightings? Yeah, well, owl, owl art sightings. <coughs> I'm not going to count that. So this is this is from Brad. He says, "Hey, hey, Graham and Darren. First off, I have to say that I recently got introduced to the podcast app on my phone, not realizing initially that it was a free service, and it has changed my life."
0: So that's how he found the show, because they made them put the podcast app on his phone?
1: Yeah, kind of, yeah.
0: That's oh, what I said would happen.
1: Yeah, and podcast changed my life, too.
0: I heard, everybody heard.
1: <laughs> I used to watch slash listen to podcasts on YouTube, usually Joe Rogan or London Real, which almost caused way too many wrecks Is the only time I got to listen to them is while driving for work, and I can't help but look at the screen. Anyways, as soon as I started using the app, I just happened to come across the Grimerica show after searching for entheogens. I absolutely love your show, and you're basically all I listen to anymore. You and Rogan, of course. So, on to the synchro. (laughs) This actually happened weeks ago after I just got done listening to one of your shows. I decided to drive in silence for a bit and just think. I'm a musician, and I have found that a lot of my best ideas come to me while I'm driving or in the shower. So I was actually running through band names for my new band, and I remembered a conversation I just had during Christmas with my sister and her husband about the tribes of Native, Ameri- Native Americans that originated in the area we live, <clears throat> central Missouri in the States. Central what? Missouri. Missouri? <laughs> were you drunk? I, no, I got the stuff in my throat. Drunk again? I couldn't remember if they were Chippewa or Chickasaw. Chippewa chippewa i pondered this for a few minutes and then gave up then i immediately noticed a shiny new quarter in my cup holder lately i've been checking my quarters because i read that there's a wisconsin quarter that's worth about 100 to 300 dollars because of a flaw in its production so i grabbed the quarter to check it out and it just so happened to be the 2011 quarter for the chickasaw nation recreation area which apparently is also worth some money 69 cents to be exact So there you have it. I'm sure I will be docked points for being late to the show, but I appreciate Darren's skepticism anyways. I'm sure I will send some more synchros your way soon, as they happen all the time these days. Take care, guys, and hopefully someday I'll be on your show. That was from Brad, and he says, P.S. I just listened to both Grant Cameron interviews and, as a musician, I've also had some strange experiences with UFOs, ghosts, entities, and even met the creator on DMT one time. I will probably write back some trip reports soon as I have many to share. Till then, peace. Well, welcome aboard, Brad. Yeah, please send your trip reports. That goes for everybody else as well. Yeah. American trip report.
0: That's our jingle from Ephraim. <laughs> That's not from Ephraim.
1: I know it's incredibly racist.
0: <laughs> so Oh Efrain's back uh May. Making ripples with his ice, uh, oh, no. ice is he, spikes. Is he he? can manifest ice, ice spikes. Oh, my God.
3: So anyway, uh, it's
0: interesting shit. Oh, you I should try it. it. I
1: did try it. Nothing happened. You suck at it, don't you? It's well, like <laughs>
0: you're impartial to you. You're all fucking pissed off because you can't do it and you freaking can.
1: But my ice cube trays are really small. That can make the difference. <laughs> How
0: many times you had to say that? I just realized I spelled synchro wrong.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. People have been bugging me you about your that's spelling. The fuck, exactly. Okay.
0: I'm an incredible speller. I challenge anyone to a spelling bee. It's my grammar that's poor.
1: So then we released uh, Owls and Synchronicities with Mike Cleland and Brad from Missouri. So do again. I have to rate
0: the first one? I'll give it a, a quarter, quarter. I answered his question. Let's give it a okay. s- seven. Wow, generous today, are we? Yeah. Send that quarter in, Brad. Send, okay, so, send in that 69
1: cents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this just happened last night to him. I Got the email just before the show. I thought it was appropriate because of the the owl thing. So he says, I have to tell you about the synchro that happened last night. I was on my way to band practice and decided to start the new Grimerica episode with Mike Clelland whose work is now my new obsession, so thank you. Right before I get to the practice space, you say something to the effect, I wonder how many people who listen to you are going to start having synchros with owls now. As I pull in and park behind my drummer's vehicle, which is like a RAV4 with a spare tire on the back hatch. I didn't even think about it at that moment, but his girlfriend painted a picture of an owl on the spare tire cover, but it didn't click until later on. So practice ends, and I start helping Alex put his drums away in his vehicle. I look up, and written in the dust on his back of the glass is, I love Alex And directly below is the painting of the owl. Well, that's that, and thank you again for a wonderful episode of the Grimerica Show. Till next time.
0: You know what? I gave that one a seven and rolled
1: the uh, last one back to a six. Oh, Are you allowed to do that?
0: I can do whatever I want. I
1: knew you were going to say that. <clears throat>
0: I am the authority. That's why I, I call it an authority.
1: So, we've got another one. Synchro? Yeah. Just the, came in? Yeah. It actually, just came Ooh. in.
0: Ooh. Just came in while we're playing? Is it from Jason? No, but it came
1: in a half hour after it's I packed up my laptop this morning. For- where it Third says authority, party,
2: synchronicity, rating, authority.
0: <laughs> you know what that means graham that means i don't have to explain myself to you or anyone or else. anybody
1: so this is from uh Corey. He says hey guys i'm a roofer from the uk so we started a new job a few days back when the owl episode came out
0: just because he types it as a running sentence doesn't mean you have to read it as
1: one thanks buddy I've been listening for like a half hour when I glanced down and saw this. <laughs> it's this little owl in, the, in a in a in a bush.
0: A like real a, owl? No, like a, a oh, like a deterrent, some
1: sort. Oh, no, scarecrow. No, it's more of a cartoony type owl. In a tree? No, in a bush, like in a planter kind of thing. I was like, ha ha, of course. Anyway, carried on with my work. Then a few houses down, the neighbor opens her back door and I see this. Is it a beaver? <laughs> it's an owl in the, in the, uh, I don't know, like the sunroom or something.
0: In her house?
1: Is yeah. it a photograph? Yeah. This guy's taking pictures. <laughs> it gets better. Can I, see I the was going to say, she opens her back door and, you know, I see this. So I had to zoom in. <laughs> so I lost quality, but it's a statue of an owl sat on her table. Anyway, I carried on with my business, and then I looked through the next-door neighbor's window. (laughs) (laughs) And they had an owl painting. No, they had a painting of an owl propped up against the wall on the floor. (laughs) Haha, I didn't snap a photo because I didn't want them to see me and think I was some sort of pervert. I just thought this was pretty funny, but seriously, fuck owls. I'll rate this myself to save time. One. (laughs) Take it easy, lads. So anyways, yeah, thanks Corey. And uh well, you know, thanks to all the listeners from the UK who seem to be pretty active in getting in touch with us. And um I try to answer people's emails, but inevitably of course they slip through the cracks. So be patient and sorry if I have not answered. We do we do read them all.
0: 8.92. <laughs> I am fucking speechless. I wish you would have peeped the last picture too, but I like it. You must have felt extremely awkward.
1: Why do you why do you feel so just cause it all happened so quickly or are you being serious?
0: Yeah, I like it. It's all owls while he's listening to Clelen while he's snooping in people's windows. <laughs> <laughs> that is going the extra distance for the show. It's almost forcing a synchro. But not.
1: Okay, I got another little one here. Are owls big in the UK? No, I don't think so. So I got another little one here from Jack uh, Jack in Austin, Texas. Synchronicity again. Jack a Abur. He says, after I graduated high school, I got a job at the local movie theater where I met a coworker and now good friend Johnny. Johnny and I worked together there for about a year before he quit and I got fired. Sounds like a song. Brian make- Adams song. Jimmy <laughs> quit and Johnny got fired. Should've a couple- known. We never got <laughs> <get> far. <laughs> A couple of years go by, and I end up moving to Chicago from Austin I Texas. Think Joey got married
0: though, not five. right
1: <laughs> I end up getting into a random conversation with another female coworker via text message from my way back to the movie in, from way back in the movie theater days. She mentions that Johnny also moved to Chicago a year before. She gives me his number, and I come to find out he only lived a few blocks away from me. That means we worked together in Texas and ended up in neighbors in Illinois only a few years later without any knowledge of each other's travels. This is not my first time syncing up with people while traveling. I've personally noticed the more varying experiences you have, the stranger things get. Thanks, and keep up the good work, guys.
0: Hmm. That's That's a tough
1: one to rate.
0: Yeah, You know what I think? I think it's like a kindred spirit type thing. Where it's like, I look at the whole reincarnation thing as being more of a group than an individual. Like a soul so family? So you're kind of, kind of tied up with the same group of souls in different capacities, and you're just kind of, you know, going through the ride, then running back around and getting in line together and seeing where you end up the next time around. Yeah. So those two are probably, you know, yeah, you know, the universe is trying to force it.
1: Yeah, I, I like that theory. You heard it here first? I Probably f- not
0: here first, actually. But <laughs> I'm sure I fucking picked it up somewhere.
1: <laughs> like every new age circle. <laughs> so, that's... Okay, I want to a- talk about uh, nightmares and sleep paralysis. Oh, that doesn't sound very fun. No, it's kind of freaky, but... Why, did you have some? No, nope. I woke up at two in the morning with a nosebleed last night, though. What are you doing nothing dreaming of cocaine no but i have had those dreams lately of doing cocaine yeah which is weird like eight years almost eight years clean and sober and i still have dreams it's over weird eh
0: yeah i don't miss cocaine just the thought of it just <laughs> makes me sick at this point to be honest
1: so anyways let's get off that trip <clears throat> So this is uh, interesting. This is from Mike, Michael, Michael Jorgensen. Last names. Yeah, I think he's okay with that. Hey guys, great show. After suffering with sleep paralysis for most of my life, I'm always on the lookout for new information on this (laughs) phenomenon. Recently, I caught a documentary on Netflix called The Nightmare. It did a fantastic job of capturing the essence of this nightmare. (coughs) about a week later, after visiting my parents in Surrey, I suggested to them that we sit down and watch it together so they could finally get a small taste of the horror I had to endure all through my teenage years. At that point, my dad relayed to me a strange dream that he had the previous night. This was odd in itself, as he is not interested in 14 things, and I don't recall him ever mentioning a personal dream before. In his dream... He was hanging on to the window ledge by his fingers, trying desperately not to fall. I believe he was outside of an old apartment building. He barely managed to climb back into the room. Once he was inside, he noticed a a little haggardly old lady sitting at a barren wooden table staring at him. At this point, she exclaimed to my father, I know your name. He awoke at this moment feeling extremely disturbed, barely able to control my excitement, I proceeded to play the documentary for him. Sleep paralysis will, quite often, have what experiencers call an entity in their dreams visions. This documentary had at least two occasions where the entity proclaims to the dreamer, I know your name. Now, I don't know how often people hear this creepy statement in their dreams, but it struck us all as odd that a man who never talks about his dreams would reveal hearing this in his dreams the night before I showed up and played the show for him. Thanks for your time, Michael J. Hmm. So he says, I watched the movie, by the way. Was it good? Yeah. It
0: was pretty crazy. Is it a movie or a documentary? Well, a mockumentary? It's,
1: no, no, it's not a mockumentary.
0: I know, it's not a mockumentary, a drama. <laughs> I think that's the word. What's the difference? Well, docudrama is when they fucking it's like
1: not So the it's it's about eight people sharing their experiences on camera and asking questions so it'll go through like a question like like the uh you know like the fear part of it or whatever and they all sort of talk about that. So I was expecting it to get a little bit more into the science of sleep paralysis, but it was interesting how they they all had these crazy experiences and they most of them did not think it was strictly coming from your brain. Like there was a, more of a paranormal aspect of it. Even though they accepted sleep paralysis as the reality of what was happening to them. But I know my girlfriend still has like, Fucking, this happened to her. Like it's very similar to some of the accounts, like demonic, any. demonic entities like attacking and stuff like that. Have you ever
0: been there for one?
1: Uh, kind of. Yeah,
0: I've never had anything. So, <clears throat> I've never even really been around it
1: or knowing anyone. Yeah, hmm. I think it'll start coming out more often. But you wonder about the past, like, what are you putting a fucking curse on me? No, it's just oh. people are talking about it now. It's oh. open. People are opening up. This show, the Grand America show, is opening people up. People are sending in their experiences they've never told anybody before. Yeah. Right?
0: Has this happened to you and you're just not telling me? No. Me neither. I get the vertigo a lot, so <laughs> I think i am falling.
1: So he says, I forgot to mention I'm friends with your sister. Through their friend Donovan. Yeah, this is the guy. My my friend? No. My sister? My sister. I've been wanting him to to, to touch base for a while, so it's good to hear from him finally. He says, I was the guy there the night they saw that UFO slash plane from the balcony. Do you remember that?
0: UFO slash plane? I like that. Yeah.
1: In regards to your girlfriend's sleep problems, I think the matter is far more than some random brain cells misfiring. I had it for 15 years straight, multiple times a night. I slept through the first few classes in high school due to never sleeping properly. It's hard to sleep when demons are attacking you every single night. He puts an LOL after, but it's not really that funny. After a while, you start rationalizing the experience, but then inevitably you get one that is so alien. So denomic denomic. demonic, demonic, that there is just no way that it is coming from the dreamer. From what I've read, it sounds just like a DM treat, DMT trip. DM tree. <laughs> After that is DM Tor. <laughs> the only solid conclusion I have come to is that while some yogis and enlightened people get a little taste of heaven, nirvana, people with sleep paralysis get a little taste of hell, a like demonic, that. a demonic Satori. It is the most troubling feeling one can imagine. I don't want to believe in fairy tales such as hell, but when you experience the completely otherworldly hatred that these things have for us then one has to stop and contemplate what it means. All the superstitions our ancestors had are probably rooted in experiences such as these. These, enti- these entities take and don't give. They are parasitic in a way. I wouldn't doubt that the UFO phenomenon is directly linked to these experiences. I have wop- woken up after extreme sleep paralysis where I saw a flash of blue light as I was drifting off to sleep, and then I awoke and saw another blue flash out of the back window. When I woke up, I had a strange mark on my right shoulder. My doctor thought it was strange, too, and ordered a biopsy a few days later. It came back as scar tissue. No idea what it means, but I'm sure anybody with a passing interest in 14 things would put two and two together. Thanks, Michael. That was well said. That was a good one. I mean, you wonder about people in, you know, olden days, right, having these experiences and what they chalk it up to, and they don't realize it's... You know sleep paralysis not that sleep paralysis really answers anything no just a word two words so yeah it was a really really good documentary actually i'll put a link in the show notes to it can you link to netflix i don't know i was just thinking that Maybe i don't I think can. You can. <laughs> i'll try i'll put the I'm name so of it, in it. Was this was is it called the netflix
0: it you was guys are Canadian. both canadians so. yeah well, if you just Google how to get Canadian Netflix, I'm sure a couple of things will pop up. It's probably in the American point.
1: one. Is, it's probably all over.
0: Yeah, could be.
1: So thanks for sharing, Michael. It's good to hear that. And it was a very interesting docudrama.
0: Yeah, thanks for all the feedback. Good. See that bounce back a little bit. For a while there, we're kind of drying up. Yeah, I like it. Of course, as always, check out grayamerica.ca slash support. There's a bunch of different options there. Uh, we've had a few nice donations lately, haven't got uh, any new subscribers for a while there. So get over there, sign up for a monthly, um, if you find you're getting a little value from us, go ahead and give a little value back. We got options there anywhere from a buck a month to, um, 30 bucks a month. So yeah, that's, uh, really helps pay the bills around here. Uh, I think there's still some t-shirts left.
1: Yeah. There's pictures on the website, right? Yeah. You got pictures of the t-shirts on the website That's under right.
0: the support page. grammaricaca support. Page. I've also got uh, some samples of magnets coming in. I think I got like 70 or something for now of the same classic Grammarica logo. Uh, take the shot. Save Sasquatch. All six inch by four inch fridge magnets. They could go in your bumper of your car, wherever you want, really. Uh, so those will be in later this week and we'll figure out... Something to do with them, I don't know, we'll come up with donations of five bucks or more, get one of those, I guess.
1: Yeah, we could throw some in the mail or something.
0: Yeah, because I, well, someone said if we just take one to the post office in an envelope, they'll tell us exactly what it costs to mail. Right. But either way, I think it could be done We could just, just try stamps. it with a stamp. Yeah, I'm sure five bucks would be fine. If we buy enough of them, we can get them fairly cheap, so... Yeah. So I don't know that. if we're
1: gonna be able like to keep track of all that shit though. Like that's it's kind of hard. We, we gotta try and get guests on the show. Yeah. Well, you know well, what I right? think I'll like, do
0: is I'm gonna start up just a separate email, like merch.grimraka.com or something, so that we can track it through that. So that they don't get mixed up in your emails and my emails. Well, and
1: we could just forward them if we do get them to that one.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be our kind of where we track them. We'll delete them as we send How them. How about swag at gramerica.com? Swag at grandamerica.com. Yeah, so look for the magnets. I'll throw up some pictures of those. Um, And then who knows?
1: Yeah, rate the show too. That helps. Yeah. We got a few fucking ratings that were like five stars.
0: Grandamerica.ca slash iTunes will take you right there if you're on an iOS device. And you can give us a five-star rating. Sign people up for the newsletter, grandamerica.ca slash news. I think that's about it. Spamgram. Yeah, it's G-R-A, H-A-M Anything else? That's it Alright guys, well thanks for listening to the intro Enjoy the chat with uh, Tom Powell, and Justin Talking about Bigfoot, a bunch of other stuff uh, We're doing a bunch of recording this weekend And we don't know who we're releasing next Surprise
1: Tonight, we got Tom Powell with us. He's an outdoorsman, a science teacher, a Sasquatch researcher who's, uh, who's sort of expanded into the paranormal area. He's a he's writer. a writer. He's, he's an <laughs> author and a uh, presenter. Uh, you can tell just from, you know, I clicked on his website before we started the show. And it's Tom Squatch, tomsquatch.com, and he's got like breaking news, government lifts. Truth embargo releases secret UFO files on CIA's website, so you can tell he's he's not just a a Sasquatch researcher. So welcome to the show, Tom.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it was great. We watched your uh, your presentation there at Sasquatch Summit because Justin went there and we were in a in contact with him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, he he was he was the one that uh, bought your book there, and he asked you to come on the show, and uh, it was fascinating seeing. Here you, we are. Yeah, here we are. I don't know what you want to start with first—your your book, uh, "Edges of Science," your recent one, or uh, how you kind of shifted from like a flesh and blood Sasquatch researcher to more of the kind of paranormal thing.
3: Right. Well, uh, to start off with the book, don't read it. <laughs> uh, it's totally inflammatory, uh, troubles troublemaking literature. No, well, in you know, all honesty, it, it it's sort of the advanced course, and I think that uh it would appeal to a person who's read other books on the subject first, but it does seem that people who uh have never read a book on you know sasquatch or the paranormal uh it it it's a little almost too much, <laughs> so uh you sort of have to have some basis in the uh, phenomena in order to sort of uh, uh uh grasp i think some of the uh potential ramifications so It is advanced and I don't sit here telling, you know, the world they need to pick up this book. Uh, But for the person who's been at it a while and is looking to make some connections, I think that was my goal is to uh, make those connections. Uh, It all started, uh, I guess, way back in the uh, early 90s or before I was always sort of reading uh, books, uh, even as a kid, by Frank Edwards and these guys who were sort of engage the paranormal but then uh, when i moved to the pacific northwest from my native ohio i um found that i was uh, in an area where the sasquatch was uh you know sort of the talk of the town in the paranormal world uh but i really didn't take it on uh personally until i moved rural I, i lived urban and i was a science teacher and i pretty much Lampooned the Sasquatch thing has a scientific uh, sort of ha-ha, uh, we don't take that one seriously, the evidence is terrible. And I understand that, you know, it, it is actually not what, you know, is required to satisfy science. So the Sasquatch is still officially sort of unknown. Uh, but when I moved to Clackamas County, which has the phenomenon, then I found locals who were telling me, oh, no, oh, no, it, it, we have that. And I thought, no way, you know, and I'm Mr. Science Teacher, I got this figured out. But, you know, when you shut up and listen to the people, sometimes they uh, uh, sort of open your eyes, and that certainly did for me, or at least that that I was then committed to um, trying to investigate for myself, you know, here I am, Mr. Science Teacher, I make kids do science projects, well, why don't I do this project myself? Hmm. And it seemed like a Pretty much of a slam dunk. I'm going to stick cameras in the woods and put stuff out there. And these these things are out there; they should just shamble on by. <laughs> and then uh, and I even sort of went fairly serious into it, not realizing that some of this stuff had been done before. Uh, I, I still felt very much of a pioneer because I didn't have any access to the, um, you know, any technical knowledge that people had acquired who were sticking cameras in the woods prior to when I did in the, uh, the mid to late nineties. So I was uh, having to learn for myself, but that's where later I found Henry Franzoni. He's one of these guys who was doing cameras in a big way in the early 90s. Uh, and uh, after me tinkering with it for a better part of a decade, and then finding the patterns, and then getting with Henry, and then he said, "Well, duh, you know, we had that all figured out in '95." Uh, you know, on the one hand, <laughs> you could be frustrated by that, but it's it's kind of nice to get the Uh, sort of consistency of product, the affirmation, you know, the agreement, yes, that's what we had too. And and the bottom line is that the creatures that we thought were, you know, dumb enough to walk in front of the camera were smarter than we were. And, and, you know, that was the overarching conclusion for me. And that was one of the things that I then went to Henry and said, look, I know it's kind of sounds strange, but I, I think they're way smarter than I gave him credit for, and, and Henry uh, concurred. So it certainly is nice to be in a place where, uh, you know, you have that kind of information to help verify some of the sketch, uh, you know, conclusions that you're sort of forced into by a way of uh, doing the field time and actually putting yourself out there and seeing these really strange things happen, like the camera torn down from the tree but left there. Uh, or the the lens covered up with a leaf so that the camera was, you know, in, invalidated or, or disabled, but it wasn't in any way destroyed. Uh, and numerous times we would see the trails to the, to the camera. I mean, you know, these were game trails that we were putting the camera on. They weren't, you know, hiker trails at all. It was, it was just, everything was really well hidden, really remote. But, you know, we found good spots for activity, and we wanted to find out what the activity is. One of the things I think you're looking for is these trails that have no discernible footprints, but the trail is very clearly there, and it's no kind of official, you know, Forest Service public-use trail at all. So when we find these trails, we would, you know, uh, put cameras out, uh, sometimes blind sets, no bait. Other times we'd put things, you know, elk meat or you know, you name it, everything, peanut butter sandwiches. You know, we tried it all. <laughs> Uh, but, um, you know, they're always no, 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 uh, not going to play the game. They're, uh, they, they would block the trails or we assume, I, I assume that the, these blockages of the trails you find were being put there so that they maybe younger ones of their own kind didn't stumble down this trail. Uh, you know, they're very good about marking things around the landscape. To oh, I am seriously. So. So that uh, fascinating stuff, and and so that really, uh, you know, was the beginning of the change in my thinking, and that's where this new book picks up when I start to realize, well, they're smart, and if they're that smart, then there must be communication, and so how could you communicate with them? And so I did several impromptu experiments on that, and... Mm. We got some spectacular, spectacularly unverifiable, but intriguing results, nonetheless. Uh, anyway, little by little, it just kept going. With wow, if that's true, then what can you dialogue with them, and what can you learn from them? And and uh, you know, we did try some of that, and and from that, it it seems that. Uh, if, if you can believe any of it, and I'm not asking anybody to, but they, they say, oh yeah, we we know the we know the star people, and we don't necessarily like them. They when they show up, we get put to work, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, we know those guys. <laughs>
1: that's, I think that's a, that's what I really appreciate your um, your take on that. And you mentioned this in your presentation as well, but the difference between scientific evidence versus intelligence gathering—that you you won't just dismiss, uh, you know, hundreds or thousands of anecdotal personal experiences and throw them in this bucket that just you know need, needs to be ignored
3: like the rest of the any of them.
1: Right. Okay. We talked about that a lot in the show with UFOs and ghosts or whatever else, where people's experiences now, especially now in the age of the internet and and the age where there's less ridicule now than even 5 or 10 years ago people are talking about this stuff more openly and i appreciate your um, you taking that into yeah. account it doesn't mean that it's proof but it means that it's like what you say it's it's a gathering intelligence that might lead you to um you know some some other ideas
3: and the patterns certainly are stirring in some cases when you you do find that wow the one of the most interesting things is that the Different types of paranormal researchers, who whether they do ghosts, ETs, Sasquatch, Loch Ness, Monster, Crop Circles, there are these really interesting commonalities in what they're all experiencing, and that's one what uh, sort of got me uh, intrigued about, well, shoot, if they're all working from the same playbook, then they must know each other. Uh, things like, you know, missing time, electronic failures... Uh, in the, you know people get out there with uh, with detection systems and they shut down just like the ICBMs at uh that uh Malmstrom Air, Air Base you know that famous story where all the ICBMs shut off <laughs> and the same thing happened to mine it which is you know just south of you guys i yeah, think
1: yeah
3: yeah uh but anyway uh so you know the ability to control the electronics the uh, sometimes the missing time Uh, the uh, feeling of dread and foreboding and like being repelled at other times, uh, um, just a lot of crazy stuff like that, that, um, you know, all of these paranormal uh, researchers experience, they go, wow, uh, here's the real clue to what's going on, I think.
4: Hey, Tom, do you think that the fear that people claim to feel, do you think that's a a more of a psychic attack or more of a use of, of infrasound as some people say
3: uh, a little of both. Uh, I would say, um, I mean, you know, the question is, is it coming from within or without? And the answer is I don't think it really matters, but I think the within is probably the easier trick to do, uh, that, you know, there's all kinds of little telepathic tricks that you can use to undo your opponent. And, uh, they seem to be in command of those. And again, that's something that, uh, you know the UFO people report in some cases. The uh, uh, even in uh, things like the crop circle uh, stuff, they say uh, don't don't go into a crop circle. The newly formed crop circle. If you have a pacemaker, because uh, it'll screw it up. Uh, so there is something measurable in some cases, some sort of electromagnetic pulse uh, or something. Uh, but. Um, you know, it it, it uh, does seem to manifest itself different ways in in all of these different uh, paranormal pursuits. So it's really important to study what other people are doing. Don't don't just stay locked in your ghost thing or your uh, Sasquatch thing. You know, I think the Sasquatch people are, have their blinders on to other things more than most, hmm. and uh, the ET people seem uh, a lot more. Sort of broad-minded, at least some of them, and uh, so I'm my. It's been my mission to sort of drag these my my Sasquatch enthusiasts kicking and screaming into the age of uh, unification, you know. And a lot of them uh, really aren't ready for that yet. They they still <laughs> think they're chasing an ape. And uh, it's like, okay, well, you know, I can't, I can't stop them from doing that. In fact, I say, all right, well, perfect. You do that. <laughs> I'll do my thing. And let's meet back here at this bar for in six months and we'll trade notes, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, and so that's what I do. I, I just encourage everybody to do it what seems appropriate to them
2: hmm.
3: and, and then let's share. So that way, no one's trying to, you know, run anybody else's game and, and uh, have every, you know, researcher somehow on the same page. Uh, You know, I I think there's plenty of room for a variety of approaches, and then we just sort of uh, uh, compare at the end of the day. Uh, But that's the important step is to, uh, you know, have it be good-natured enough to where everybody's sort of sharing out. And, boy, do you learn a bunch of stuff that way. And, and there's no place on Earth where that's happening in a better way than right here in Portland, frickin' Oregon, because there's there's so many of these uh, uh, types out here. I mean, you know, it's, the whole place is crazy. <laughs> But uh, in a good way, <laughs> in a really good way. And so there's all the sharing. And so Guy Edwards has these meetings uh, in the Lucky Lab, which is a, one of the thousand brew pubs around here. And uh, and everybody just talks, uh, and some guys show up in their camo, and other guys show up with flowers in their hair, and, and everybody just <laughs> shares out and listens to each other. And, and boy, you learn a lot. <laughs>
4: Oh, that's Tom. Are are you still actively researching?
3: Uh, w- w- not since last night. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he,
1: was, <laughs> he was watching the X Files last night.
3: Right? <laughs> was it on last night? No, I uh, I, I live on the edge yeah. of uh, you know hundreds of acres of land that I do not necessarily own, but it's public land, and uh, so I uh, I'm I can go out my door. I don't have to get in my car and I'm in this county where it happens. And And I'm not too worried about being secretive about my location. I'm on the Clackamas River, uh, which is, you know, outside of town. Uh, But the thing is, you know, if somebody thinks, oh, I know a secret spot, well, that's not going to work, you know. They're, They're way too smart for that. They know who I am. I'm a part of the landscape by now, and they know my dog as well. Uh, And uh, we go trucking around out there uh, most nights, not every night. Uh, And most nights nothing happens. But interestingly, last night, uh, one of the better, uh, you know, sort of sequences, first of all, you start hearing some weird bird call you cannot identify, Hmm. and you've never heard before. And then next thing I know, the dog scrams, he goes back home, which is a couple miles, you know. Uh, And uh, so there you are. That's
1: that's interesting. My cat, uh, I was listening to those Ontario Sasquatch sounds, and my cat, like, perked up and was looking at the TV like he doesn't usually... Do that. Yeah. But Zeus was intrigued. He felt something with those with those sounds.
3: Well a, a, a buddy of mine had these uh, has this property neighbor who has a kennel and the dogs are bothersome on some nights and so we we got the Ohio howl off the internet. We played it through his his stereo and it completely quieted the dogs for the rest of the night. They didn't make a peep. <laughs> So there, there, there's an experiment that everybody can try. (laughs) Exactly. I might
1: have to try that tonight. Have
3: you had any other
1: personal experiences at all? Like,
3: well, a lot. But I would say this: if you don't put the emphasis on a sighting then you get a whole bunch of really interesting stuff short of a sighting. Right, right. Uh, and so this is another one of these patterns that emerges when you talk to these people. They go, oh, I was followed, I was this, I was that. Did you see anything? No, no, no. Uh, and then you start to realize, well, uh, it seems that they're certainly making every effort to stay out of sight, but they're there. And so if if you sort of are good with that, uh, and I've learned to sort of allow for that at least possibility that, that you know, interesting stuff then ensues sometimes. So last night, you know, by the end of it, I, I actually felt a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, you know, that it's like, whoa, that, you know, it feels like something's kind of close out there, but, you know, I tried not to, you know, I'm not going to sit out there and just sleep all night. I had to get to work the next day. So I just go on back home. And my thinking is that they must now know where I live because, uh, you know, had similar things happen plenty of times. And they would of course follow this, you know, form that's walking around at night with his dog and, and just follow me back home. So now I can just sort of look around my own property and find interesting indications. Again, extremely subtle, uh, but, um, you know, once it's on your own property, you have the added benefit of knowing that no one else is on this property, at least uh, almost no one that, that you, uh, that could be, uh, the actual culprit of these little marks and changes and stick structures and, uh, all of this. So it turns out that, that all of that stick, business, which is sort of a popular thing in the Sasquatch game these days, there's a lot of validity to it. That you get these creatures that are operating mainly at night, and they're uh, extremely detail-oriented, and they are very good at leaving little clues if you're able to spot them. So what a fascinating game it is. Uh, and um, it's, it's really been broken open lately by these people who've really sort of, you know, 10 years ago were saying, pay attention to the sticks. This is no baloney. It's a real deal. And I was one who thought, no way. Uh, but I tried it and uh, found it. Wow, it's, uh, you, you get amazing things. There's, there's people who put out a little tic-tac-toe board made of sticks, and then they put little agates and things, and the, and then they can actually get little moves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They come back, and there's another one there. And, and uh, so...
1: Like you're playing tic-tac-toe with them, kind of. Like they'll be in different squares. Yeah, right.
3: There, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to initiate some sort of back-and-forth contact yeah, yeah. by way of this, this, this uh, glyph, as you would call them, that uh, is being left out there in the woods. Uh, so, it, really interesting stuff these days, especially with all the new twists and turns that people have sort of come upon and shared out, and then the rest of us all go out there and try these things. And holy cow, <laughs> what just happened? And it does seem that when you go out there and do stuff like that, clearly they're following you home. And so I've, I mean, I've gone to places like 10, 20 miles away, and then, but, but then that night when I get home, the activity is right there at my own place. Now, they're not coming out to shake my hand, but, you know, you hear the motion, you hear the calls, you see the things, and left the next day, uh, just a lot of uh, subtle things.
1: Is, is it your feeling that, that that eventually they might come out a little bit more? Because is there other
3: people yes. that, that have that, uh,
1: like, ongoing well, year, yearly relationship, and then it gets more?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of people now who, who are claiming it. And, of course, the uh, flesh and blood, crowd the, uh, the the apers, as you <laughs> the will. apers, i like that <laughs> that's a little mean but <laughs> um. you know uh, they would say no it's all it's all imaginary and uh it just doesn't rise to the level of scientific evidence so uh it, you guys are just delusional uh but uh, there was enough other people going oh no oh no <laughs> it's, yeah i thought that too once not anymore and uh so that sort of moves things ahead, and you you uh, then feel emboldened. All well, right, let's try this next, and and you get some really interesting <laughs> results. But there is still some pushback. You know, there's people who say no way, yeah. And that's sort of where the bit of the dialogue is, or has been in years past. I think a lot of us have finally decided to move past that and just go, well, all right, we're spies. We're not scientists. We're not trying to be scientists. We're, we're just out there spying and gathering intel. And, and that sort of uh, sort of removes some of the barriers to uh, uh, the kind of information that we feel entitled to collect. You can collect some a lot more speculative things if you see yourself as more of a spy than a scientist. That's a great way to put it. That's
0: a great way. I like the Aper, too. So an Aper would be like a nuts and bolts ufologist. Right.
3: right. And and we of us, the paranormal crowd, are the woo-woos or just woo because two syllables is so much more work than one. So we're just the woo. (laughs) I think that was started by Lauren Coleman or maybe Daniel Perez down there and Callie but uh, there, it was the woo-woo crowd, and uh, it's like, yeah, well, okay, sure. Uh, so we've decided to wear the badge with pride. <laughs> hey, it worked for you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, right. So, We're working the woo angle, exactly. So, uh, so. <laughs> and it is, a, it is a nice, efficient shorthand. You know, it saves a lot of explaining. <laughs>
1: What what do you think uh, for people like? What's your sense of the percentage of like? Let's just say n- not you guys that are out there actually like researching, but just just stories you hear from the locals or the public or you know all the all the sightings or encounters. Like, what what percentage do you think has some si- sort of uh, high strangest account? Like, are we talking five percent or twenty or fifty? Or yeah, like-
3: somewhere in between, right? It's it. I think one of the one of the things that you see pretty regular is take a guy who's going out there and doing a lot, uh, you know, really putting in the boot hours, they eventually have something weird that they cannot freaking identify, you know, explain. Even within the Sasquatch, you know, they go out there looking for an ape, and all of a sudden they see this orb floating through the trees. <laughs> And they like, didn't want to go there. <laughs> and uh, even uh, my buddy Cliff out there doing his show even those guys are out there filming and they have weird things go on sometimes. You know, they have the weird camera malfunctions and the cameraman man, like, I know, I just charged these batteries up and they all went dead or something like that. You know, they've had a few of those and they just work past them. And I'm always like, Cliff, you are in business. That was, you know, that was your indication. You had it going on. You, you need to be nimble and shift your research to you know, capitalize on those opportunities. And uh, the fact of the matter is, it's really hard when you're out there with a crew to do that because they all seem to want their marching orders that you give them back to the hotel. And don't ask me to you know, turn around and start filming the other way. And as often as not, the cameraman has the uh, has the weird thing happen to him. And there's some sort of, you know, there's the cameraman, and then there's the on-air talent, and never the two shall meet, you know. Uh, but it's like, dude, if the cameraman had something weird, go on, film the frickin' cameraman. No, they won't do that. <laughs> it's just not in their playbook. <laughs> So but I you guess... get that. you know people who are out there a lot have weird things happen and and it it really changes uh, in many cases their whole perspective. In fact, that's where the woo people mostly come from. They started out being apers, and then they turn woo uh, because they've uh, you know had enough experiences that fall into the, this category. And I know that's true with me. (laughs) I was full on. I was looking for the ape, man. I was sure I was going to find it.
0: So I guess if you're not a flesh and blood, flesh and blood, then you you, uh, would be indifferent on whether or not to shoot the beast? That's a big question.
3: Well, you know, I'm no, I would say I I strenuously oppose uh, the idea of shooting one. But um, I also know people who are doing it, who are out to do it. And I know that I cannot change their mind. And I'm not going to try because uh, it's a fool's errand. Uh, and uh, so, But I comfort myself in also knowing that they're not going to succeed. Uh, many, many have gone before on that path, and they have not succeeded. Now, I'm not saying no Sasquatch has ever been shot. But I am saying that nobody who went out to shoot a Sasquatch ever succeeded. Uh, It always happens by accident. Some stumble bum hunter stumbles upon one. He wasn't out there even looking for or or thinking that such things existed. Uh, And then some percentage of the time, they feel threatened enough to squeeze off on the thing. And usually the thing turns around, gives them a dirty look, like, what the hell did you do that for? And then strides away. (laughs) Uh, now uh, rarely you know you get these Justin Smagod type guys who said I drilled a young one and it dropped and I got scared because then I thought oh shit what have I done and then I came back a month later with my friends and we're gonna you know dig this thing out of the snow or whatever their story was and uh, you know what buffoons, you know, to think that even if he did shoot one, which I suspect he did, but certainly the Sasquatch friends and relatives are not going to leave their brethren face down in the dirt and just go about their merry way. Uh, They scooped that, you know, body up uh, and uh, gave it a proper burial if it was indeed killed. Uh, but they're not going to leave him there to uh, be found.
2: Uh, I think his uh, so story was came he actually
4: back. choked the juvenile out. What's that? I, th- I think this his story was is that he came upon the wounded juvenile after he scared away the 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 adult, and he actually mm-hmm. choked the juvenile to death.
3: Yeah, well, okay. Uh, I don't remember that part <laughs> of it, but I I haven't watched the story too carefully. I mean, you know, it's doesn't matter <laughs> I've heard it it all doesn't. Uh, but on the other hand um, I'm sure his gun was part of it uh, but maybe it's something he, he, uh, something about the thing bled out on his foot and uh, or something so yes he he did get in, in close proximity of it during its final gasp or something you know like that but uh, a lot of good it did him uh, and this is again sort of a thing that i think uh you know i don't try to stop people who say they're gonna uh, let them go it's a fool's errand So go ahead take your gun out there and have a good time just try not to make yourself into a public nuisance and squeeze off on what turns out to be your fellow hunters <laughs> uh but um i i don't uh i don't feel threatened by somebody who um you know, has this plan in the back of their mind. I think uh, you know it's also possible that they uh, could turn into uh, a bit of a, of a hunting victim themselves if they're not careful.
1: Haven't they had haven't I heard those stories as well that when people do try and shoot them and they kind of give them that like that look in the eye and they realize how human they seem? That yeah, kinda, yeah. They kind of it kind of turns like, into like a oof, like a less of a hunting thing and more of a murdering thing?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we had a thing here in town. Bob Gimlin came out and, uh, and did a talk, and, and, you know, people got to ask him this and that, and he said, well, I, I, I looked the thing in the eye at a much closer range than uh, is able to be understood by seeing that film clip. But he said, what I saw as a person, there's no doubt about it. Uh, And I've heard that line repeatedly. Uh, So, once again, science, no. Intelligence gathering, hell yeah. Uh, Very consistent intelligence gathering. Uh, So, you know, consistent enough that I'm willing to uh, go with that scenario and then try some things, and when I do, uh, yeah, that that it does seem to uh, bear itself out. They are way smart. And if they're smart, you should be able to communicate. So then the question is, how do you communicate? And the answer, after a lot of investigating and trying things, is definite telepathy. Yeah. Definite.
1: Well, there's enough evidence out there now that that is, you know, is a reality. Like people that, you know, it's the same crowd of people that just ignore the evidence for that, too, that ignore all all the other evidence out there.
3: So that's fine free country you know but i know where i'm going with this and and so yeah heck yeah especially because it doesn't cost anything and you get these people with these telepathic abilities and they um they, they'll work for nothing they're not out to make money they just want to sharpen their skill and and they really love it if, if you're willing to give them a little bit of focus and say all right here's what we're gonna do and here's how we're gonna do it and uh now get busy and then they uh you get some really interesting stuff and there is a pattern there. You know, one of the statements you get again and again is, uh, you're in over your head, please leave. <laughs> Mind wow, <your> really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the other one is, um, that, Oh yes, we are very definitely under direction. Uh, we have our role and we don't venture outside it. And, uh, it is, uh, you know, it is, it is, taboo to be seen and uh i you know one you know such encounter that we explored the the statement was i've never been seen by you people and i'm not about to start now It's, it's a definite uh you know sort of black mark on your uh on your scorecard in our thing to have been seen it's a screw up and I'm not about to screw up now. So, you know, cuz we were saying, can we see you? Can we see you? You know, yeah. how many of you are there? And and uh and it's like, "No, it's it's a rule. Uh our role is to stay in the shadows." And then to me, that well, that explains why, you know, even when these uh uh encounters happen that, that there is a, a, a very much of a reticence on the part of the uh presumed Sasquatch. It it doesn't uh want interaction and in fact it's actively avoiding it It, it's it's if you aren't trying to see it you it, it will get a lot closer to you but once you start to go well i need to see you then um then all of a sudden that's sort of a deal breaker it's asking for too much you know it's like uh You know, trying to get too much from your date on the first date, you know?
0: (laughs) So have you tried going back for more dates? Like how many dates before you get to see...
3: What's what's that? Now? Like, base, like exactly. how, any, yeah. how many dates are we talking? How many about? dates does yeah. it take, right? I know, but that's what we're trying to find out. We're not getting anywhere. <laughs>
1: so, do you think that? Do you A think, that, do you think that, <laughs> that as the consciousness changes, though, overall in our culture, like I, I get the feeling that the same thing is like with ET that that once we get to a certain amount of people or a certain percentage that actually accept it, right. once the paradigm starts to break, I, I almost mm-hmm. have a sense that it will open up on their end as well.
3: Oh, absolutely. Oh, no doubt, in my mind, I, I completely agree. Now, I don't know whether that's generations off, decades, yeah, or exactly. uh, or months. Yeah. Uh, I would <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, and so obviously I'm trying to speed things along. Yeah. And so how, what, what can you do to uh, sort of, uh, advance that message and, you know, want his, say, the kind of, you know, cookie shit that we're talking here. Uh, but, you know, people who aren't inclined, they want to, you know, they're a few years, too many years off. <laughs> Maybe their kids will want to hear the message. So you got to be patient, and the creatures themselves seem to be patient with our, our maturing as a species. I will say there's one thing that everybody can do that, you know, if you're out there in the woods and you want to facilitate matters, uh, here is a real simple way that seems to be exactly what they want to see. You carry a trash bag with you when you're walking around, and every time you see a piece of trash, you pick the thing up and put it in your bag. And, And then just be about your merry way and do your Sasquatch you know, research business, whether you're hanging cameras or, or just out there meditating or anything, but, but pick things up. And what you start to see is new pieces of litter get put out in front of you. Here, take this one too. And, um, uh, that, that does seem to be, I think the quickest way of sort of advancing your, um, Stock uh to where they're they're going to be a little more forward with you you know again don't don't ask for too much asking to, you know step out and shake your hand but <laughs> but they will uh, leave you subtle uh, uh indicators that they're there they know they appreciate and so on and so forth now if you want to go on the full uh Stephen greer meditation thing then you know that seems to work too uh and uh you know, I, I don't claim any real skill there, but I do know people who do. And so I find, well, it, it works almost better as a, as a wannabe scientist that I sort of empower them. And I'm the guy who's sitting there with a clipboard writing down what they're reporting rather than the person who's claiming any particular skill at telepathy myself.
1: Right. Have you been on any C-SETI uh, meditations at all?
0: It's a SASK. Any, what's
1: that? C-SETI, like with uh, any Stephen Greer's things. Like Do you guys, do you have any local group? We just started up a local group here. Well, it's kind of been on and off. But, using we
0: rather loosely.
1: Yeah, there's there's a local group <laughs> In other words,
3: you, that, just, you, you drink beer at the same tavern, and so this is what you talk about. That's what research here is around here. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm sort of kidding, but you know, the, um, that's the fun part of it all is to sit there, uh, and, uh, play your game, but then, uh, sure we get out there and, and yeah, I'd say a, a quote unquote research group is really just a good bunch of guys who's on the same page about what they're doing, uh, and trying some different stuff. Uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, uh, that's the neat thing about some of this, uh, telepathic stuff. I mean, on the one hand, you are crossing on to, over to the dark side, you know, it's a little bit, uh, spooky, you know, <laughs> where does this end? Uh, but on the other hand, um, it, it's it not taking any money from the family budget, you know, and, and cameras <laughs> on the other hand, uh, and stuff like that, you know, you could spend all you got and more. Uh, so, um, you, you know, you really have to sort of pick your approach and, uh, and uh, and not forget that you also have, a, you know, commitment to staying solvent and raising the family and all this. It's, it has to be a hobby. It can't can't uh, sort of consume your life. Or at least I don't think that's the key to long term yeah. enjoying of it. Maybe we so need if, to. If,
0: if it's getting into telepathic and things like that, then what about uh, psychedelics? I mean, is there any crossover there? Well, uh,
3: that that's uh, Terrence McKenna's whole thing. And he says, "Oh God, you know what is it what is what is it uh, not detour but um the, Iowata, the uh, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. that's some that's some scary stuff i uh, you can he can do that, but he says, Oh every time you 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 do it, you run into the same entities it's completely consistent scientifically it's replicatable. <laughs> it uh, so you know the the, the all of this psychotropic drug thing is, is definitely a shortcut. It's cheating. (laughs) Uh, but you know, Carlos Castaneda and these guys have been, you know, doing that stuff. And, uh, and you know, they, they do claim communication and enlightenment and everything else. It's just, um, you know, that stuff scares me. So again, I like, all right, well you guys do your approach and I'll do mine. And, uh, and I will uh, try to avoid anything stronger than beer. And <laughs> uh, and you guys go do the ayahuasca and let me know what you get. Yeah. And uh, I, I got an idea. It, but...
1: Let's bring the C-SETI meditation protocols of this, like looking at the sky and bring that into the woods. and susc c And that's kind of
3: where, that's Stephen Greer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bring, like, that like that idea into the woods. Yeah.
3: He's basically transcendental drugs. meditation. And the meditation people are always said, well, we do the same thing as the drug people, but without the drugs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, but now I will say that drugs definitely get you there faster, a lot faster. <laughs> I've been meditating since I was 17. I'm 59. Uh, but, um, you know, it does... Um, it does work. Uh, they, they both uh, get you there. Uh, and, uh, uh but, you know, I, the drugs are sort of, uh, you know, once you, once again, cross into the dark side, <laughs> who knows where that leads. What
1: kind of, what so, kind of meditation uh, practice do you, do you do?
3: Transcendental meditation, which is just, you know, these 20 minute, you just turn inward and you repeat your mantra, your, yeah. uh, you know, your, uh, uh, you know, just phrase that, 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 that bores your mind down to total inward concentration. And then you're just trying to sort of, uh, to open up to this, uh, you know, I call it the coconut telegraph, you know, the, the uh, unspoken form of communication that um, does indeed exist. And certainly the Sasquatch, you know, being livers the uh, dwellers of the wilderness, would need some kind of long-term communication like that, uh, much like the aboriginals in Australia who, who you know, they've even had scientific uh, sort of investigation of this uh you know, coconut telegraph phenomenon that they can communicate. Okay. I'll be back in, in three days. I'm, I'm a hundred miles out. And, and three days later, there they are. <laughs> so, uh, they definitely got it there. There's definitely something to it. So I gave that a chapter in the edges of science book. And that's uh, called the coconut telegraph, which is actually sort of a reference to a Jimmy Buffett album in the eighties. But, um, Steve was talking about this uh, inter-island communication that they have down in the Caribbean.
1: Hmm. So, is there um, is David Pallades' research on missing four one one play into this at all? Like, if you've had yeah. telepathic uh, telepathic communication, or you've talked to people <laughs> that have, is there any any uh, in, investigation into that?
3: Yeah, we. Uh, I had one. Uh, you know, Pallades is um, is all about missing people and trying to establish patterns. With the missing person phenomenon, and uh, you know, I know the guy, and I've certainly read his work, and and he basically says that there's four different possibilities for how these all people are exist: either Sasquatch or plucking them, extraterrestrials, a mass murderer, uh, or uh, reptilians. What, what, and about, what about the
1: gu- what about like uh,
3: well, know, the he's a, these are of the ones government. that he says have, have will hold water. The other possibilities just don't work, you know. But he says, you know, crime is definitely a possibility. But, you know, some of these are definitely not crime-related. At least the way we think of crime as one human against another, uh, something else is going on. So, but he doesn't speculate any more than to say these are the four categories that are the most distinct possibilities. Uh, but he won't commit. What was, and what was so the fourth again?
1: Sasquatch UFO, uh, like criminals, and.
3: And and reptilian. Oh, reptilian. So this is reptilians. And so I said, Dave, isn't that just one of the ETs folk? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, why is reptilian different? You know, when when I sent him the chapter that I wrote, I said, Dave, is this right? I don't want to say anything that you don't approve of. Uh, you know, cause this chapter is about, you know, your work and my continuation of it. Yeah. And, uh, so he read it and, and I only had three in there. I said, ETs, uh, mass murderers, Sasquatch. And he said, you forgot one reptilians. And I said, well, I thought that was just an ET. And, and he said, no, they're interdimensional. That's different. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I stuck reptilians back in there. <laughs> uh, but then I did do some checking, and then the one thing that, uh, um, you know, I investigated a missing person's case because it appeared at my doorstep, literally. Uh, the, the teacher across the hall from me's boyfriend went missing in the big lava beds up by Mount St. Helens. And, uh, you know, completely a Polites thing right down the line, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, sudden and and uh, no trace he was with somebody else uh blink of an eye and he's gone kind of thing and uh never saw again so i went uh, to kathleen this uh, one of the uh communicators that i know and i said would you please log on to the coconut telegraph and see if you can get any info on what the hell happened to chris zitzowitz and so she said, Well, okay and here here's the things I kinda need. Can you give me some details? And once she had details on time, date, place, you know, they all they want a picture of the guy that helps them visualize or whatever. And uh so then she uh said, Okay, I'll get busy and one but a few days later she, you know, emailed me back and said, Well, okay, uh I asked and they said wasn't us. In other words, she asked the uh, she asked the Saskies, the uh, Sasquatch, you know, what happened to Chris is- Chris, Chris-, Chris and she claimed that the response was it was not us; it was the green ones. Uh, and we tried to warn him, we tried to stop him. He did not understand the danger that he was in, uh, but he went sort of willingly. But where he has gone, you are never going to see him again. Wow. Uh, and uh, so. Uh, you know, I went to Pilates and and uh, I said, uh, uh, "Who are the green ones?" And he said, "That's the reptilians." <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, "Come on, so you are sticking your neck out here, Dave?" Because he's real guarded. You know, he doesn't want to commit. Uh, he's an investigator. He's not a big picture guy. And uh, but but he said, "Yeah, it 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 does seem that uh, that is a, a scenario that is frequently invoked." Uh, but in this case, not by any, uh, disappearing person themselves, but this, this channeler that we, uh, you know, employed to sort of get some answers.
1: Justin, I want to give you a chance to jump back in here before we you know, run out of time.
4: Um, I was just hoping to cover some of the personal encounters you had that you wrote down about in your book. Since you already brought up the, um, the picking up trash, uh, could, mm-hmm. could you relate what happened to you?
3: Um, boy, you know, there's so many, I'm kind of fumbling for which one you're talking Uh, about. I have something new happen every week.
4: (laughs) I forget where, but you were with uh, another, another research group and you were out in the woods and they took you out.
3: Oh yeah. In Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were setting cameras and, uh, they were, you know, they were having their big annual gathering uh, and whenever those happen, it's a big open house. So they want to take all the out-of-town boys and show them their field research. And uh, and I must say, the Oklahoma guys, boy, they are serious. Talk about throwing <laughs> a lot of their personal money at the situation. I was impressed. Uh, they're, they're way more equipmentful than we are out here. Uh, they got quads, and they got trailers full of spy gear. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, anyway, so they're showing me around their hillside in the middle of the night, driving their quad, and uh, we're touring their camera sets. And they found some uh, pieces, some possessions that people had dropped or been pickpocketed of uh in the process of setting the cameras and then these objects like a walkie talkie and uh, some personal photographs were then then moved to a location where quite certainly uh the person didn't lose them and so we you know started seeing that um uh, you know once again uh, items that people either leave or, or somehow part with and the creatures will pick up and then have great fun moving them to a new location and then testing your ability to find them and reason out exactly what happened it's it, it has all the appearances of a game uh and again a uh, game and sense of humor to me uh, speak to a higher intelligence
4: so it wasn't like the the first thing that you came across was a, a plastic bag
3: in, yeah, in, and that, that had the photographs bags. in it. we just picked up the bag, thinking it was a piece of trash, threw it in the truck. But later, he opened the bag up while he was taking everything to the trash can, and he found the photographs in it. And the photographs were of his friend's family. And uh, so he took them to his friend and then said, how did we find these pictures of your family? And he said, oh, my God, I had those pictures in my pocket when I was setting the camera a couple of miles from where they were found.
2: And
4: that was set in the middle of of the trail, right?
3: Yeah, sort of a a deep path that we were traveling, yeah.
4: And and the next one, the radio, was a a stack of rocks with a plastic water bottle set on top?
3: Right, right, piece of trash. And we stopped to pick up the trash and then tore the uh, rock pile apart. And inside the pile of rocks, we found the radio, Uh, you know. It was an expensive
4: radio, too, wasn't it?
3: yeah pretty much a nice one you know multi uh band uh walkie talkie um probably a forty fifty dollar toy
4: not one a hiker would come across and not think finders keepers
3: i don't know uh but yeah it uh to me, yeah, I was like, oh, someone dropped the radio and go, no, that's one of our radios out of there. Where did that come from? We didn't even know this was missing. Well, then they went and said, figured out whose it was, and they said, where did you did you lose a radio? And he goes, actually, I did, and I was too embarrassed to tell you. <laughs>
4: and then that was so wild, were always long
3: stories, it. but um, we're getting worked. We're getting played like a fiddle.
4: <laughs> um, what? One, one other time I was wondering if you could talk more about was uh, we were talking about the woods behind your house earlier and how last night you got the heebie-jeebies. That's not the first time you've got heebie-jeebies in those woods. Um, no,
3: not at all. <laughs>
4: could you tell us about the ear-touching incident?
3: Well, again, everything's kind of a long story, but uh, I'll, I'll try to whittle it down. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, it started with we were baiting up on the Clackamas River. We, you know, we were putting out our gifts. We're doing things. We're trying to attract them in. And then we drove, you know, 30 miles home. And, and then I decided to take a walk in the woods before I went to bed. And that's where I I got I heard lots of rustling, which I just assumed was a deer, but then it just kept getting closer and closer and closer until it was absolutely so close. I thought the deer was going to, you know, run me over, so I stepped off the trail and sort of got behind a tree and peering into the darkness and trying to see what it is. And I could hear it at such close range that it couldn't have been more than five or 10 feet away. But for all the life of me, I couldn't see anything in fact, I had the overwhelming sensation that I was, like, somehow blind. I couldn't see anything. All of a sudden, the night was just blacker than black, where a few minutes ago I could see the outlines of trees and and bushes and where the trail was, but all of a sudden I couldn't see a thing. And uh, and that's when, you know, uh, at that exact moment, another one sort of uh, surprised me right behind and, and seemed to be and not only... Uh, within feet of me, but, but maybe even brushed my ear or, or, or moved a branch, something touched my ear and I jumped out of my socks. And, uh, you know, at that point I, uh, you know, was completely felt surrounded and terrified and picked myself up and ran <laughs> over the house, <laughs> got the hell out of there. Uh, so heebie-jeebies, you bet. I was surrounded uh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those times where, you know, you have this big idea about what you're going to do. If you ever get close to one. eye, you're going to stand there, pull out your camera or whatever. And, and, but the, when push comes to shove, they're hold, they hold all the cards. They have the ability to absolutely just, uh, scare the living daylights out of you and render you, uh, incapable by one of maybe even a few different, uh, means.
4: What about the didn't rocks? you what's later that? oh sorry guys yeah.
0: what about the rocks what's that all about I always hear about them throwing rocks or rocks getting
3: thrown yeah that goes back years and years a lot of people have that one and we don't know other than it's it's just a game to chase you out of there. Uh, you do wonder why they want you out of there. Sometimes it's just benign hikers or fishermen, but I uh, just, all of a sudden, I don't know where it comes. these tremendous rocks. They come frighteningly close, but I know of absolutely no one who's ever been hit by one. Uh, so it does seem to be uh, a warning, but a very, uh, you know, vivid one because of the size of the rocks and the speed with which they come and the closeness with which they land.
4: Hmm. Did it, did but we don't know to...
3: why it only happens some of the time uh but but it seems like the overall overwhelming message is one of please leave uh, we we think that a lot of, of these games that are played might be um training exercises for their young youngsters you know they're showing them all right here's how you here's how you get whitey to go away uh watch this <laughs> and, uh, The hairless humans <laughs> right <laughs> Now,
4: um, you, you said later that you found out that there was a Native American lore that, um, touching a hairless human was sort of an initiation for the juvenile. Yeah,
3: a badge of honor, a an accomplishment. You know, uh, you you earned your stealth merit badge. <laughs> so, so you might have uh,
4: helped the juvenile
3: become a man that night. Let's hope so. <laughs> cool thought. <laughs> uh, I haven't received a thank you note though, so. Uh, <laughs> You know well when you, you tell that here.
0: story, be real sure you tell the specifics,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, there are so many specifics that you know I, I really only the only way you can do it justice is to write it down and which I did, so that was uh one of the early chapters in the new book, but, uh, it is, you're absolutely right. There's a whole bunch of details and, and really a lot more than that, that, uh, I could go into, but, um, you know, too much time on any one story starts to get a little bit dreary.
1: (laughs) What do you got coming up next then? What's your, what's your plan?
3: I got nothing man this last this last uh book really just uh, i mean it's gonna take a while for anybody to get on board with that, so what's the point in writing more <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty uh speculative, speculative stuff, <laughs> or let's just say that there's, there's just a lot there to chew on, and I really just tried to um you know put it out there. take off the kid gloves and just lay it out there in every way shape or form possible and uh but of course uh you know that that just means uh it's it could be a long time before the world uh gets on board with um that kind of message although there's more tv shows and i'm not even talking about Finding Bigfoot, you know, the ancient aliens and unsolved, uh, you know, alien encounters, or there's a million cable TV shows out on this subject right now. And it's amazing how similar their, um, shows are to the chapters in my book. It's, it's almost like they, uh, We're running out of shows. They picked up my book and all here's eight shows more in each chapter. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to be a show. The the underground one, the uh, crop circle one, you know, uh, it's, there's a lot of people who are saying these same things right now, and you know, even if they did read my book, I'm, I, I don't care really. It's it's all good. It's I'm sort of like the, the Grateful Dead of paranormal researchers. Once I'm done with the material, you can have it. You can sell it if you want to, uh, <laughs> and so I'm just gratified to see these messages are getting out there because I think they're correct. Uh, disturbing, yes, and and complicated, yes, but uh, but. Kind of true. And and what it uh, seems to say to me is that uh, the the, the sky people, the star people, and the uh, subterranean people, namely the Sasquatch, um, do intersect. And they probably have uh, sizable underground uh, hideouts in various places around the world where um, they operate from. And it may even be that clusters of sasquatch sightings and UFO sightings pretty pretty clearly indicate where these areas are in in at least general terms. And it seems like you know mountain ranges or certain mountains that are probably are hollow. You know, you don't have to be inside the earth itself; you can be. A subterranean and and no closer to the heat of the core of the earth than we are mm. uh, by utilizing places like Shafta and Mount Adams and a whole bunch of other places, San Francisco peaks down in, um, uh, New Mexico and, and just places where, where the, that are real hotbeds of, uh, you know, Sasquatch, ET, and hum, and 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 uh, all kinds of portal activity, and, and and but but it does seem to be centered around certain areas. So uh, my hunch is that um, you know these point to areas where uh, there, there probably is uh, uh, some sort of large subterranean establishment.
1: Yeah, with all the USOs as well. I mean, that's yeah. where the reptilians yeah. are. Yeah.
3: yeah, Malibu Channel is one. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of this. So, you know, I'm good with it, uh, really. And and to me, the the connection really starts to uh, come together pretty uh, plainly, and that is, um, you know, we're essentially the creatures in the zoo. Uh, And the signs that we can't read, say don't feed the animals, uh, don't molest the locals, you know, let them stumble along uh, because that's what uh, the prime directive says to do, you know, Uh, leave. uh, And and yes, we are genetic experiments and the the, uh, genetic material is routinely harvested. and and spirited off to unknown lands for uh, either uh, um, infertile uh, extraterrestrials or for experiments or both. Uh, And, um, you know, everybody galactically knows about Earth. Uh, We're no, no secret. There's lots of Uh, Extraterrestrial comings and goings from multiple places, uh, but um, they understand that it would only destabilize our human, uh, you know, way of being to be overly clobbered with this overwhelming realization that, um, you know, we're we're the... Chumps of the galaxy,
1: <laughs> not the overlords. <laughs> Maybe they're the troublemakers.
3: No. It's like <laughs> a prison so planet for bad uh, DNA. <laughs> not like necessarily. No, no, no. I think, I think I think the Earth is a jewel. The Earth is 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 uh, is a, a fantastically uh, rich spot, and they don't want it wrecked. And and this again is a sort of a message that you get when you try to establish. Uh, uh, communication with the Sasquatch people or the ET people is like we're worried that you're going to destroy the place. You you don't appreciate what you got, and and you're gonna if if you ruin the air and the water, uh, you you've ruined the place, uh, and and they're very concerned that that is uh, the the path that we're venturing down, and and they want to stop us, but they're doing it from the shadows. You know they 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 may have a video game controller that works us from afar but but they're not gonna come out and uh land and uh and just smack us upside the head and say, "Will you please wake up and and quit uh you know uh, heating up the atmosphere with carbon <laughs> huh?"
1: So what do, what do your fellow teachers and, and students think of, of your research? Do you keep it pretty quiet or are you pretty open about it?
3: Uh, well, I used to be kind of quiet about it. I'm, I'm not uh, too worried about it now because, you know, they know I'm crazy. They accept that I'm crazy. And so it's all fine.
1: <laughs> and they love you for it. Yeah, they love you for it. Right. right.
3: <laughs> no, I mean the fact is, uh, um, let's just say, as you said before, the world has sort of warmed up to a lot of these thoughts. And so I can say a lot more than I could have before. Before I I really felt like even just a acknowledgement of uh my interest in the Sasquatch was enough to get me fired as a science teacher. Well, not no mo. Uh, with it T V shows and whatnot. Uh it's it's very mainstream. So uh now it's just a source of running jokes. You know, they tease me about everything. and, uh, you know, I don't go camping. I where well, you find Bigfoot, yeah, you know, and it, it's just it's endless. But um that's perfect for me because um you know, it it, uh, it really is too much to sort of clobber people with. And, and you know, I can't explain all the stuff to the kids at school that we're talking about tonight because, you know, they're just not there yet, like maybe humanity at large. Uh, so you sort of have to uh, go easy with it. And, and, and it works perfectly then to just keep it as a source of humor. So at school, you know, they know about the... My, Sasquatch interest, but but it's all very lighthearted, and I don't—I'm uh, not trying to change anybody's thinking or anything like that, because uh, I, you know, I—it would be inappropriate educationally. You're—you're you're too you got too much of an axe to grind, and you're supposed to be sort of general and scientific. I will say that the astronomy uh, that I've taught year in and year out has uh, been really uh, the most well-received in the community, and uh, they really like their kids getting that exposure. And I've even then had some people come up to me, uh, you know, parents of students who say, hey, uh, I have personal experience. I am an abductee. Uh, And so I uh, got a chance to interview a couple of different parents who, who came to me only because they... Uh, Heard from their kid that I had a willingness to uh, engage the subject. Now, it sure is nice to be in Portland, liberal Oregon. Uh, You know, when it comes to things like that, you know, that would be a thing that I think might be just too daring to do in a lot of conservative communities around the country. But in Portland, um, you know, not only was it not. Uh, uh, a wrong thing to uh, do at least one day of UFO treatment with the kids, but that they that I actually found that there are people who were claiming direct uh, experiences and had a, a book by other researchers to back them up.
1: Wow. That's great.
3: Yeah, so interesting. Uh, interesting world, uh, especially here in Portland, where uh, you can you can go a little further around the bend and not, not sort of cross a line. But certainly, uh, I've, I I fully understand that you know you just barely touch on the subject and then it's joke time for the rest of the year. So I give them one day of Bigfoot. Uh, on the day before vacation when a third of the class has already left town and heading for Maui, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that's the day to uh, give them a Sasquatch uh, exposure because, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a throwaway day.
1: Hmm. Justin, do you have anything else before we uh, wrap it up?
4: Oh, I have so many questions, but for the sake of time, I'll just say that I loved your book. It was real hard to put it down. Thanks for coming Thanks. on the show. And, um, you know, when I started your book, I was a, a full-fledged Aper, but now I'm definitely yeah. way more open to the woo than I was before
3: good deal good deal well no pressure uh, the world uh, can use a few apers out there so like i say have your aper friends just keep on aping and we'll keep on wooing and uh, and and we'll just you know it's not even about who wins it's just let's let's trade notes and, and look for the patterns put all the sticky notes on the wall i don't care where it leads you know i just i just want uh, to to get the intel and uh and my hobby is staring at the post-it notes and figuring it all out well maybe
4: we'll just have to be in the middle
3: Mm -hmm. And then plenty of room in the middle. I I go back and forth myself. I I love playing with cameras, even though I I don't think they're going to work, but I still play with them. (laughs) I got cameras all around my house. They're not on at the moment, but I, you know, I just love tinkering with electronics. So uh, I I am totally supportive of anybody who, uh, you know, still does that, you know, Cliff Barrickman is a good buddy of mine. And, 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 uh, and, He definitely is is right there with Jeff Meldrum, and uh, uh, so it's all good.
1: Right on. Do you think, is there anything else you want to mention, Tom, before we let you go?
3: Uh, Well, I I try to maintain a web presence. The uh, blog post is called Tom Squatch. It's T-H-O-M Squatch, and so if you Google in that word, then it'll lead you to my uh, blog. But I try to just keep people current on the uh, the news on every paranormal uh, front. And the big news this week is just that the uh, good old CIA finally put a bunch of old, old uh, UFO sightings on their website. <laughs> uh, so there is actually uh, uh, some CIA recognition uh, as of this week that uh, they have been collecting these reports and uh, keeping them under wraps, but now they're going, ah, you guys can have these, uh, and it seems to coincide with the re-release of the X-Files. So how how funny is that, where the, uh, you know, serious government intel boys are sort of uh, uh, giving a nod to uh, popular TV and going, you know, I will... Uh, Celebrate the re-release of X Files with some of our real X Files. So I'm I'm heartened. I, I think that the um, uh, some of the veil is lifting, and uh, we're we're uh, you know as you say being warmed up gradually. But but we may be a lot closer to uh, some full realization than uh, you might think. So I'm just going to keep putting my message out there and encouraging other people to think the next thought. And also to you know, without bitterness, just try to send the message to the powers that be that yeah, we know what's going on, uh, we got this figured out, and here's what we know, and and go ahead, call us wrong or or agree.
1: Right on, Tom. Well, thanks thanks a lot for coming on. We'll put all that uh, that link, all, all the links in the show notes. And uh,
3: hey, appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, boys. Well, um, it's a pleasure to talk and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know where to find me. I'll probably be there at that same conference next year. He's having a paranormal one, a sort of a general paranormal one, uh, at the uh, beginning of March. I think the first weekend in March.
1: Uh, there at the
3: uh, Quinault uh, Beach uh, Lodge Casino, they have a huge meeting room there, and and so Johnny Mon- Manson is is doing a a paranormal gathering uh, there, I believe, March 3rd and 4th.
1: Nice. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Ocean Shores,
3: Washington.
1: Okay, I'll put that in the show notes as well then.
3: All right, I'll uh, I'll be there if you happen to be in town, but otherwise uh, uh, maybe next year at the uh, summit uh, in November. Right on. All right, well, be sure and come up and uh, remind me, uh, great talking to you, but uh, we got to talk in person.
1: Yeah, thanks, Definitely. buddy. All right. Take care, Tom. All
3: right. Okay. Thanks, boys. Take care. Okay. Good
0: night. Bye. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Huh? That was a show with did Tom. You... Yeah, we roll you... right into the outro now, Justin. Surprise.
1: I told him. Oh, How did you? Oh, oh, okay. I'm on it, Darren. <coughs> I'm on it, buddy. That was great. I, I love that uh, man. I, I saw his uh, presentation, I there, that, man. and I love how uh, <laughs> I love. No, I love how he talks about because it's the what I've been thinking about lately about all this evidence, that people, this desire for absolute proof, and it's like no, let's just uh, gather intelligence.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna need the proof.
1: Why? <laughs> You're just being difficult because I'm in the room. You're the believer in some circles. But not with me.
4: Yeah, when he okay. texts me, it's all about, hey, have, have you heard the new evidence? <laughs>
1: yeah. Have you
0: heard the new evidence, dude? Don't tell Graham. <laughs> Don't tell Graham. Well,
1: what would you think, Justin?
4: Uh, I'm glad you guys liked him. I was pretty sure you would. The presentation you guys watched on YouTube, that's the exact one that I saw. I was pretty stoked when I saw it up online. I could... Uh, go back over it but I, I just finished this book and it, it was a page turn it was really hard to put it down uh there's a lot of stuff that we didn't cover and i encourage anyone to to, to purchase the book and, and give it a read it it's there's it's just so many aspects of everything we talk about and not just on air but you know through texts and emails and whatnot and it, it's definitely worth a read
1: would it make Darren a believer? Would it turn Darren from uh, an
4: aper to a woo? <coughs> that's its uh, face. A whooper, a
1: whooper, <laughs> a whooper? Whoop. Uh, or, or a, whoops, a waper? There It is a, a waper? A wa- but, a waper? You, but you're not an aper, Justin. You said you're a full-fledged aper. I didn't believe that.
4: Uh, uh,
1: I didn't even in, know there was any in,
0: other really any serious other way
4: to be a flesh and blood. I think that's what he meant by using the term aper. Yeah, yeah. Because it, cause in his, yeah. I always felt that. If Sasquatch exists, He's I'm not spanky. saying that it's not. Then, then, then it is a biological entity, just an undiscovered animal, and more than likely, uh, uh, an ape, a wood ape. Um, I always kept the the door open that it could be more because there, there are so many reports of interdimensional or psychic Sasquatch and disappearing in the middle or, of the or you know even seeing driving UFOs. Um, there was uh Flying one, or Driving? Both. Both. There's uh, there there is one uh, account of someone reporting a Sasquatch reading a newspaper, like on a park bench
1: in the oh, book. I just saw that recently.
4: Um, that must have been in Tom's presentation. Yeah. <laughs> there there was one about a cross dressing Bigfoot in a parking
1: lot. In San Francisco.
4: No it was uh here in
1: uh <laughs> I see what you did there San Francisco well, the chances are that's where it would be no, that no, no that it was here was
4: in that. Washington it was at the Mima mounds
1: oh Mima and
2: Mima.
4: it was in the parking lot of the Mima mounds uh there was a, a lady and her mother long road trip decided to pull off you know get some fresh air, pull in the parking lot, and they saw um
1: gay Sasquatch.
4: Yeah, it was, it was a Sasquatch that was, like, wearing, and, like, all the clothes seemed to be bright and brand new. Like, brand new tennis shoes, a, a brand new skirt, a brand new sweater, wearing, like, leather work gloves, um, and kind of, like, holding up its shirt or, you know, whatever its sweater, kind of trying to cover its face, like, trying to be inconspicuous. But but they both said that they just felt this, this dread and uh, kind of, like, it was sending, like, get out of here. You don't need to be here. You don't need to see what we're going to do. And they did. They just left. And she reported to MUFON, I believe, or uh, maybe it was the BFRO. And, uh, and they followed the up garbage. on it. Yeah, yeah, that could have been it. Drag sask. Yeah, drag sask.
0: C-sask, cool drag sask. Well, it's tough to, in today's world of freaks and sex fetishes. Like, who knows? It could have just been a dude getting his rocks off
4: a really tall tall hairy man.
0: Exactly, not Graham. Not Graham.
1: Well, a friend of mine played Sasquatch in the in the in the ads, right? The Kokanee Sasquatch with the shorts and everything. Like he's Oh crazy. yeah. Yeah,
4: he's a big guy. That's cool.
1: We should get him on the show.
4: Are you saying you know we Sasquatch? You could have
0: an interview with Sasquatch. I, Jesus.
4: <laughs> this whole time Graham really?
1: Cuz he was the one that that actually like packed up my stuff from my ex when I went to pick up my stuff from my ex. Uh, so, I actually sass kicked me out of or not Oh, geez. Out, he was with her? Not with
4: her, but. I'm he surprised the, you're not pro kill, Graham. I'm surprised you're not more pro kill.
1: <laughs> no, he's a good guy. I like him. No hard feelings there.
0: Yeah. Well, as always, guys, check out
4: slash.
1: What? <laughs> he's gay, too. Maybe he's the guy in <laughs> the cross. Maybe he was the cross
4: Jesse Bigfoot.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, guys, check out grammericaca slash support for all the different monthly donation options, one-time donations. Um, help us stay. Ad sponsor. Affiliate free. All that shit. All 154 episodes. Um, grammericaca slash support. Uh, review the show wherever you can. Share the show wherever you can. Tell your friends about the show. Spam gram, Sign up for the newsletter. Anything else?
1: I think you covered it, buddy. Thanks. Read the blogs. Read the Read blogs. The blogs. Yeah.
0: And, comment and, and Napoleon on. just oh.
4: came out with one.
0: Yes. And if you want a blog, spam Darren. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week.
2: This new improved original, also known as the lyrical Pagavikita, a spiritual god blaze a miracle reefer, that's medical if you don't know, my shit's digital, like go broke, broadcasting from underground, PTFH, we got more freaks and misfits, than Cirque du trolls, vampires, we've seen all the rare breeds, slain by our leader on a half tank, a human seed, whatever you believe, we got a dozen conspiracies, lay back, hit some weed, let's swim in the city, hyperbole, you and me. Squash. That's people, bro. Buddha. Aliens. Russia. Aliens. Space. Aliens. interest That's like when the plane condescends. And condescension creates water. Global war Aliens. Obama. Obama. Aliens. Humans. Humans. Aliens. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. That's like that's drug money, cause like weed's illegal, but there's they ain't got no side effects. Technology Aliens Congress Aliens Chris Ryan Aliens Cross circles That's farmers bro They got all that farm farming equipment and shit They just having a good time Aliens. Aliens Pyramids Aliens Bullang Aliens Sexquash Aliens Aruga. Aliens Roswell Aliens Banks. Aliens Kidwell Aliens Old War Aliens Obama Aliens Humans Aliens Pharmaceuticals Aliens Technology Aliens Congress Brian. Aliens Cross, Cross. circles I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web, and Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't
3: believe it yet.